not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers I'm joined by Scott Powers of The Athletic I'm Mark Lazarus of The Athletic And today, Monday, July 13th in the year 2020 We were both in a hockey rink today What a feeling it was I and I actually didn't talk to you. I saw you from afar. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were you were you were at the kitty table. Level. I think they, 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 <laughs> they, they, they have to space level. they have to space us out so much. You know, there's only so many reporters that they can fit with views. So they have like the good seats in the rink at the top level there. If you've been to Fifth Third Arena, you know how it looks like. And then they had a kind of an overflow, like the kitty table in the main hall, the great hall they call it. And uh, since there were two of us, and it's supposed to be one per outlet, they. Uh, <laughs> they, they they shunted poor Scott into the kitty table. I felt bad. No, that was fine. I, I was. I, they were nice enough to uh, to give me a seat at all, so I was I was happy to be there and kind of experience it and have my temperature taken and uh, wear a mask and yeah, just uh, witness hockey coming back. So um, it'll be an interesting few weeks, I think. You know, even now with uh, I, I think the big news of the day was Corey Crawford's absence, and uh, the reality is that we don't know why, and they can't tell us why, and. It's going to lead to speculation here and plenty of plenty of other places just because, uh, you know, people's privacy is important and uh, the league feels best that it's best uh, to not say what anyone's injury is, regardless of whether they have the virus or, or an ankle sprain or anything. So it, it is going to lead to some rampant speculation, but I, I, I do get it, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with this, this, this method of just we're not going to name any injuries. Either someone's fit to practice or they're not fit to practice. So if you have, like you said, a, a lower body injury, everyone's going to assume you have COVID-19. And if you have COVID-19, everyone's going to assume you have COVID-19. So anytime anyone misses a practice now, everyone's immediately jumping to this conclusion, which is completely understandable and totally unfair. But that's just the way it is. And, you know, let's let's move beyond whether Crawford's hurt or sick or what, because we honestly don't know. But, yeah. but boy, did, did Jeremy Colleton sure sounded like a guy who wasn't expecting Corey Crawford to be his goalie on August 1st. And that was the hard part. Was like you know, I, I wrote a story about this, and it was, you know, even like with Crawford, you know, with 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 what Stan Bowman had said, it's like you're you're trying to read between the lines, right? Like you're just whatever they say, with wording wise, and you know, and Stan Bowman said, well, Corey's not with the group right now. Well, does that mean he's going to be with the group later on? And and I think that was the biggest question is whether will he be back for the the Oilers? Because if Crawford's in net and he's playing like he was. Um, you know, he had a 927, 927 save percentage over his last 15 games. He was starting pretty consistently, playing at a high level. Uh, with Crawford and that, the Blackhawks have a chance. Um, all the other options, there's very little, you know, the chance really decreases, whether it's, you know, Malcolm Subban, who uh, who struggled in Vegas, and his only appearance with the Blackhawks was he played a minute 10, you know, when Crawford was being being checked for a concussion. Uh, Colin Dillia didn't play in the NHL this year. Uh Kevin Lincoln is coming over shoulder surgery, and uh, you know he been recalled this year, but never got into a game. And then Matt Tompkins, who uh, has only played in the ECHL and the AHL, and hasn't played in the NHL either. So the options certainly uh, are a lot different when it's when it's not Crawford. So I, I think 
you know, if, if you had a capable backup or someone that made sense to even step in and, and be that goalie, maybe there's less, you know, this is less of a talking point. But because it's Crawford and what the Blackhawks have backing up, it's 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 kind of the difference between them having a chance and them probably not. And, of course, this leads to all kinds of comments about, oh, well, I can't believe you traded Robin Leonard. But remember, at the trade deadline, the Blackhawks were out of it. They just come back from that Western Canada trip. They were seven or eight points out. They had no chance of making the playoffs. Coronavirus wasn't really in the, the, the forefront of the sporting consciousness quite yet. So there was no expectation that they would play in any kind of postseason format. So that's not really a fair thing. But, you know, it's interesting. Over the years, I've always had this discussion. Who is, of all the core Blackhawks, who is the most irreplaceable? I always think it's it's not Kane because they've always had other guys that can score. Um, it might be Keith because he's kind of the engine that makes everything go. And I've always said Taves because they've never really had much center depth beyond Taves. And if you take him out, the whole house of cards falls down. But right now, it's it's you know this, there's no Scott Darling, there's no Auntie Ranta, there's no Ray Emery back there. It's Corey Crawford. He is the most irreplaceable Blackhawk this season and the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. He you know goaltending's all that's kept them in. So it, it feels like a death knell if, if if he can't play. I have a hard time imagining the Blackhawks beating the Oilers. If he can play, I could see it. But if he can't play, I mean, how can you beat a team like the Oilers with, no offense to Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia, with those guys as your number one goaltender? It's just not going to work. No, and and that and that's gonna be the talking point here. On uh, you know, like as and and there's nothing the Blackhawks can tell us. It's just probably gonna be the frustrating part in however long this goes on for. So um, it, it'll be interesting because even now, like it, it's you know, if Crawford can't go. I, I think there's definitely a debate between you know Delia and and Subban and. Um, and even Lincoln, and if he's playing like he did at the beginning of the season, you know, before his play kind of got a little bit inconsistent. And um, but but none of them have a lot of. I mean, Subban's had NHL experience, but he, he you know even now like his save percentage was eight ninety seven in in Vegas this year when he when he was there. So uh, it's not a whole lot of experience there. And that and I obviously just say it's the uh, yeah the drama of this whole situation. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I'm also curious, you know, today with uh, you know. Kelvin DeHaan and Brent Seabrook are both on the ice and both fully participating. And um, if those guys are good to go, there's some decisions there for Jeremy Colleton too. Yeah, you know, DeHaan, I mean, it looks like, I mean, you've reported and it looks like he's certainly 100% going to play. And, you know, makes perfect sense on that second pairing with uh, Connor Murphy. And you got Keith Boakvist. All of a sudden you got a pretty good looking, uh, you know, blue line. Uh, Seabrook's the interesting one because, you know, I was watching him a lot. He was the guy I was focusing on today. And, you know, on the one hand, he was moving a lot better than I could have possibly expected. I mean, just the fact that he's out there. Um, he's dragging that giant beard around, which has to, has to weigh him down somewhat. And he's moving along, and he's doing fine. But there's just little things where it looked like he was maybe a little bit ginger, a little bit tentative, just, you know, not taking those full strides and stopping a little slower, not just cutting quite as, as fast as he normally would. I mean, the fact that he's out there is extraordinary to me. He wasn't in, like, some kind of white non-contact sweater. He was a full participant. He even did the 85,000 laps at the end of practice. You know, granted, he was he was going a little slowly through some of them when he was kind of running out of gas. But the fact that he was out there for an hour and 15 minutes with the rest of the team, is it's pretty remarkable. The guy had surgery on both his hips and his shoulder in the last, what, seven months. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really impressive, and I wouldn't rule him out. But I don't think it's in the Blackhawks' best interest that he comes back into that setting fresh off that long of a rehab process. I, I think that a Lucas Carlson or uh, you know Slater Cuckoo, Ole Mata, these guys all make more sense than Brent Seabrook does right now. I can't speak to next year when Seabrook's at 100%, but right now it feels like it would be forcing and rushing him back uh, a little too early. 
and something that we talked about before we got on air today too was just uh, having these camps in Chicago and Florida and, and you know Chicago's numbers are obviously down but in a lot of places in the country the numbers have spiked and um, and even the idea of the media being allowed in there I, I feel like one having these camps in in home cities is a risk and then uh, adding layers to it and you know and and certainly we're media and we're going to be allowed you know go wherever we're allowed so I'm going to cover the practices but it, it does feel like even us being there adds to adds to the risk of all this and you, and you got coaches wearing masks and um, you know temperature checks and all these different protocols and I I, I feel somewhat safe in Chicago now and, and I think a lot of people are pretty smart but um, and, and within these facilities, things are, are pretty secure, but it's, it's the questions, especially in Arizona and Florida, it's, it's, you can control those players only so much, then it, it's controlling, you know, you can't control their families and all the people they interact with. So, um, I, I know that even, I mean, you even driving to uh, New Jersey, I mean, you, you get to see different parts of the country. And, you know, when I drove to Michigan, there's a buddy, it's, you realize that not everywhere is, uh, you know, not everywhere's wearing masks. Not everyone's doing the same things as, as some places are. And I, I, I'm curious to how, how many cases there are in the coming weeks and how, what, what the league and what these teams look like when they actually arrive into the bubbles. Well, I mean, there's a three-week lag, right, on the on, on the way these, you know, we'll see the numbers in three weeks. So three weeks ago is when we started seeing spikes around the country. So pretty soon we're going to see if one of those spikes hits us and the death rate lags behind that and everything else. Um, I don't think that us being at the rink is a problem. I mean, it, it's, you know, we're nowhere near the players. We're not interacting. I mean, we were interacting with the PR people that are not interacting with the players. The way the Hawks have done it, they've really nailed it down. There's just one person that's that's actually coordinating all the Zoom interviews and things like that. So we're interacting with other people that are not interacting with the players. And it's a pretty big rink, and, you know, we're all wearing masks, and we're socially distanced. I don't think it's, it's – they're throwing us a bone is really all it is. Because, no, I, I just I feel like once you're indoors and and you're you're talking about air circulating, yeah, and, yeah, and the fact that we're sort of sharing the same air in the hockey players in some way, when at least when you're inside that the rink area, like I just I, I they've eliminated a lot of risk, but I I don't. It's not like you can say that everything's perfect, you know. No, certainly not. And and I think in an ideal situation, these training camps would be held in Edmonton and Toronto. Also, uh, that's a lot of rinks you need, but those are cities with a lot of rinks. Uh, you might have to stagger some of these practice times, things like that. But, it, you know, there's been a lot of like, – like Duncan Keith and Jeremy Colleton both kind of talked today about how they need to be extra careful these next two weeks because they're not in a bubble right now. And one player slipping up could decimate the entire team. So the emphasis today was – before the practice was, you know, don't fuck this up. Don't go out and do something stupid. Don't go to a bar. Don't go to a restaurant. Don't hang out with people that you don't know very well. Uh, you know, put your mask on if you go to the grocery store, all that stuff because if one person – brings that into that locker room. We've all seen the mumps and flus and things like that go around. It's going to go around real quick and take out a big chunk of the team. And if that happens in more than a couple of teams, we're not even going to have a playoff. So there's a lot of factors that these next two weeks are really tentative and important for uh, for all of the NHL teams. But the Blackhawks, you know, if, if Corey Crawford's already not there, and he wasn't there for all of Phase 2, which is, you know, maybe at least, you know, they know what's going on there. But you bring it just takes one guy, one guy slipping up, one guy bringing it in, and then the whole team is decimated. I, I want to get into what Jonathan Taves said, but let's let's take a quick break, real quick, for a commercial. Okay, so according to this ad copy, I'm supposed to read: "Smelling good is important." Who knew? I wish someone had told me that back in high school. 
Well, apparently Hawthorne smells really good, and getting Hawthorne cologne is super easy. You can just go to their website, Hawthorne, with an E at the end, .co, not .com, and take their two-minute quiz. It'll ask you all kinds of questions. What you like to drink? Uh, what you like to do on a night out? Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you sweaty and disgusting, or are you not sweaty and disgusting? And it'll assign you everything you need to not be disgusting anymore. It's kind of ideal. Uh, you can get uh, results that'll tell you if you're spicy and aromatic or fresh and aquatic for work and play. It's very specific, all kinds of stuff it's got for you. Um, it's a great gift for Father's Day. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to put a mask on. You can stay safe at home and order it online. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Did you get that? Because it's Hawthorne.co. Um, I, you know, I, I asked Taves about how he felt about you know, whether people are at risk and, you know, whether even having, you know, having these practices in these home cities, you know, what, how he felt about it. And, you know, he, he, he'd meant, he had said, said something earlier in his, in his interview today that made it sound like he didn't really want to get into his own personal beliefs. Um, and he's usually pretty open about it. And, and, and it, it sort of made it sound like maybe he was, uh, you know, felt, felt like things should be more open. And then, you know, when I had asked him about the situation, um, you know, if he felt like the league was doing, you know, basically if, if things were safe and, you know, the league was going to, the fact that you can't control things away from the ice and, you know, how he felt about the whole situation. And, and his quote was, does anybody really know how and when people catch this thing? Yes, I think do. the best. <laughs> I think the best you can do is get good rest, eat healthy, take care of your body, kind of do the little things that lower your chances. What else can you do? Sitting around worrying about about it is just going to drive you crazy. I think the NHL has gone to great lengths to create a safe environment. It's far from perfect at the end of the day. Everyone has their own beliefs, seeing where they stand with all this. It's up to you to really do the right thing to be respectful of others, but also take care of yourself. Yeah, see, this is this is a problem that I think we're all having as a country right now, is this idea that everyone has their own beliefs. There's no beliefs here. This is, you either, it's science or it's not science. You know, I, I have all the respect in the world for Jonathan Taze. He's one of the more intelligent and thoughtful guys in the league. But this was a little bit of a rec- earlier. I asked him about the return to play in the CBA and stuff, and he, he kind of went on a tangent. And he, his quote there was, part of me just says being away from people and isolating ourselves isn't really the answer. But I'm not going to sit here and talk about my views too much in that sense. And But that is the answer, and that's been the answer. And the problem is people aren't doing it right. Uh, I mean, I mean, eating healthy, absolutely eat healthy. And he talked about how you know he's been doing a lot of good work in the community, and he paired with the Bears, Sam Ocho, and they you know tore down a liquor store to big room for a, a grocery store, and that's great. That's very on brand for Jonathan Taves, eating healthy. Um, all of that's great, but eating you know a bunch of kale is certainly not going to protect you from the coronavirus. That's not how this works. So I, I don't know because he you know. I'd love to probe his mind a little bit deeper on this and, and find out what he really thinks. I don't want to. I don't want to draw too many conclusions from a kind of a quick aside that he made there. But this idea that there are beliefs involved with this pandemic is kind of what's gotten us. That's how we politicized a pandemic. So mm-hmm. I, I, I want you know. On the one hand, why are we asking hockey players these questions? And we didn't really. But you know, why, why would we care what they have to say? On the other hand, these are people with big platforms that can really get a message across. So they have to be extra careful. To to careful to you to choose their words carefully is all I'm saying, and I don't feel like he chose them very carefully today. Yeah, and and the only reason I mean it wasn't specifically asking about his thoughts on on the pandemic. It was more of 
it's it's the next two weeks I feel like are important to where the NHL is going to go, right? Like, it depends on how many cases you, you have before going into the bubble and their odds of, uh, of completing this. Because if the next two weeks are, if players are reckless away from the rink and, and people are getting the virus and bringing it in or, or whatever, it just, it, it's going to make, and we're starting to see this in, you know, the MLS has had, you know, the national team had to, uh, the forfeit the tournament and you're seeing players and uh, even around the NHL now and certainly NBA and Russell Westbrook today saying that he got it I just it's I'm curious again I'm really curious how these next two weeks are going to go and uh, and some of what he said was you know like you need to take care of yourself and respectful of others and that's wearing masks it just and and we didn't really have an opportunity for follow-up questions or, or anything much with that but it was um, and, and it sounded like he didn't want to get into it, so I don't want to completely read into it. But it was it was a curious statement from someone who usually is on point with those type of things. Yeah, and that's going to be part of the problem we run into as as reporters these next couple of weeks and months, who knows, years, until we get back to normal locker room access. Is we can't really follow up with people, and everything's in a group setting, and it's really hard. You know, if if, if I was having that conversation with Jonathan Taves one on one, I would have stopped him and said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. Let me clarify what you're saying here." And then we would have gotten more clarity out of that. But you can't really do that in a Zoom setting. The second your question is done, they mute your line, and then you go back in the queue, and it could be like seven questions till you get asked again. That's just the nature of the beast. So a lot of nuance is going to get lost here, which just makes makes it even more important that players are careful with their words. Because you know some players are more open with reporters because they trust them and know that they're not going to burn them, that they will follow up on these questions and make sure that they know exactly what they're saying. But here, all we're left is a little soundbite, and it's there. And we're sitting here trying to read the tea leaves and interpret it. So it's it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, I agree with a lot of what he said. Like, like social isolation, social isolation, excuse me, sucks. And eating healthy is good. And being thoughtful of others is the primary thing here. But but that's you be thoughtful. The way you are thoughtful for other people is to wear a mask and to isolate yourself so that they don't get what you might have. So uh, you know it is what it is. Um, I know that Twitter is having a field day with it already. With some of those comments, and I, I wish we were in a situation where I could, we could get more clarification on that. Because, like I said, Jonathan Taze is a very bright guy, and he's usually very on the ball on these things. Yeah, um, it, it's good though. It's good to be back at the rink. Hockey it was fun to be at, you know, around some hockey again. It's, it feels like we've been talking in circles for for so many months, and and now we have some practice to attend until they go to Edmonton or sort of away from the team again. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun to be around there again and to see some hockey and uh, it, it's going to be an interesting balance I think for Colleton in the coming weeks just kind of balancing getting them you know getting their legs back and then you know getting systems back in place and preparing for Edmonton and uh, you know there's it, it feels you know it's sort of, there's I kept on thinking there wasn't a whole lot of time but it's probably the same amount of time as a regular training camp before I mean you get two weeks and you know there's fewer exhibition games and they'll get one exhibition game in, in Edmonton but. Um, it feels like enough time the league's given them to kind of get going, yeah? Yeah, I mean, the difference is you're not kind of dipping your toe in the water with early October regular season games. You're going straight right. into a, a sprint sure. series, not even a seven-game series, a five-game series where every game is so crucial. So that's going to be what's interesting. And um, But no, I mean, it's a fair amount of time. It's going to be two full weeks of practice before they – or 13 days before they travel to Edmonton. And then they'll get to pl- practice up there. They'll get a, a one-exhibition game, it sounds like. It's better than nothing. I mean, it's more than any of us, I think, expected a couple of months ago. I, think, I don't think anybody expected them to actually pull any of this off. And I'm still skeptical. Let's not let's not pretend that there's not huge risk here still. And like as you mentioned, you know, when you've got I mean, Austin Matthews, you know, he he admitted he uh, you know 
publicly disclosed that he had uh, tested positive for coronavirus. Um, that, that's happening around the league. I think the league's number today was 43. And it's a good percentage, relatively speaking, but 43 guys is a lot of guys on 24 teams. That's a fair amount of players. If there's two guys on every team with COVID-19, that's going to get around unless they're really, really well taken care of. So um, just because we've reached phase three doesn't mean we're going to reach phase four. Doesn't mean that, you know, the puck is going to drop on August 1st. Doesn't mean the Stanley Cup is going to be awarded in early October. But it's really good to see, you know, hockey again. And it looked normal. I, I have a column that's just going up now. It's it's just, it's it was weird how normal everything felt. I mean, yeah, I had a mask on for three and a half straight hours. But other than that, it looked like hockey. It looked like a practice at Fifth Third Arena. It looked like a training camp practice. Everybody's out there. Everybody's playing. They're scrimmaging. They're hollering. They're yelling at each other. All the noises and smells of the hockey rink. You know, other than not being able to get a, a sweet tea at Dunkin' Donuts, it was a regular practice. And that was really encouraging. I mean, we're all longing for that. We all want to get back to normal. The question is, can we really pull it off? And I think the NHL at least has a better chance of doing it than the rest of American society does. Because A, they're leaving the country, which is something I think a lot of us would like to do right now. <laughs> and B, they you know they have the money to spend to, to, to put their guys in a bubble that the rest of us can't do. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, but remain highly skeptical, I would say. And, and any other takeaways today? You know, I asked Dan Bowman about Ian Mitchell. Um, he, he's he's not eligible to play in this at all, but they still need to figure out whether he's going to burn the year um, or, or sign next year. And the benefit for him for signing next year instead of burning the year would be, would be getting the full signing bonus and, and all that. And, um, and the benefit for the Blackhawks would be that they don't have to pay him the second contract. So I think that's something we'll know about in the next few days. Um, any other takeaways that we missed from you, Dan? No, I mean, I, it was interesting that, you know, they, 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 they went with the lines that they had at the end of the season, basically, in, in March, with, you know, uh, Alex Nylander and uh, Dylan Strome with Patrick Kane and Taves between Saad and Debrinkit, Kubelik on that third line. Good balance, pretty good-looking lineup. Uh, the defensive pairs are what we expected them to be. You know, so Cuckoo Mata is still your third pairing, which was playing great. Uh, I know people, people don't want to admit that, but they were playing very well at the end of the season. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of reason to, to like the Blackhawks' chances if Corey Crawford is somehow able to come back. And again, who knows what it is? Who knows when he'll be back? The, you know, even if it was COVID, I mean, he would be back before, in theory, he would, assuming it's just a mild case, which we hope it would be, uh, he would be back before this whole thing happened. But would he have time to get into any kind of game shape? There's a million, you know, variables now that have to go into this. But Corey Crawford... Yeah as he has been for a long time now, is the key to everything. And, and it'll be nice to write, be writing about hockey. I, I know we've written a lot about, uh, uh, <laughs> about a lot about everything the last over the last three months, so it'll be nice to be writing consistently about hockey, and I, I expect us to have a story up on The Athletic every day, and we'll be doing these weekly podcasts. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know, too, if what you want us to, uh, you know, playoff coverage is going to be a little bit different this year, and, and we honestly haven't cover the playoffs since there have been two of us, so I, I, we're open to ideas and things you want to see, so feel free to hit us up with ideas how for our playoff coverage, and uh, we'll be back at this next week. Yeah, I did I did like Jonathan Taves talking today about how he finally had a chance to like think about what they've done over the years, and he was watching the games on NBC Sports Chicago and kind of remembering the feeling. It's been five years, but it feels like it's longer somehow, and you know, you never, as a player, you always just preparing and playing, preparing and playing, and you had a chance to think back on how great it is to play hockey again. And I think all of us are excited for the chance to, to even just to watch it again. So uh, here's hoping, and uh, we'll talk to you next week on the next Lazen Powers. For Scott, I'm Mark. See ya. 
Won't you let me try? 